This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Uh, you, If you've been listening to the show or trying to listen to the show on Saturday nights on Z-Talk Radio for the last month or so, you know that there's been some problems. For whatever reason, and I'll get to it, the show would not play at its designated time slot. Now, without getting into too much detail, I, on Saturday nights, uh, Dimland Radio plays on ztalkradio.com at 11.01 p.m. Central, thereabouts. And I need to be uh, available in the chat room. Uh, Not necessarily the chat room, but I have to be on the server at that time to hit a button to advance... The, uh, the the DJ, as it were, to play the next track, which it pulls it from the Dimland Radio folder because that's at that designated time to play that show. So I just need to hit a button. It doesn't just automatically flip over to that show at 11.01 p.m. Central. It doesn't just do it. I don't know why, but that's just, you know, so I have to be there to just click a button. And I do that. Now, at the start of this month-long problem, there was some issues with the server. I couldn't upload stuff. I couldn't move things around. I couldn't. I couldn't do the things that I'm supposed to be able to do. I could get into the server, but I just couldn't do anything. So I let the owner of the station know, Scotty Rourke. I let him know. He let the tech people know at the server site, saying there's these problems. They fixed him up, and the next week I was able to do all those things I couldn't do the week before, and I had everything set up the way I always do. But when it came to Saturday night. I hit the advance to the next track at the right time, and it doesn't pull my new show. It just throws something else up there, Big Picture Science, or maybe an older version of my, you know, some show of mine, Dimland Radio, from from last year. It just, it, it, no, we have no idea what it's going to pull in there, but it does. that's what it does. So I, I couldn't figure it out. And so that kept happening for the next two, three weeks. And each time I, I send a message to Scotty, it's not working. I don't know what's going on. This is getting really frustrating. That The last message I sent him, it's getting really frustrating. And he said, well, I'll, I'll have him check it again. He says, I understand it's getting frustration, you know, frustrating for you. So he, or where's that effect anyway? Well, this last Tuesday, as I was driving into work, I was thinking about what am I going to talk about on the show this week? 
and I thought, oh, what about the server problems? Am I going to have that same thing? Is it, you know, it's getting really frustrating? Is am I, am I just going to give up doing the the show, uh, the chat room show version of it? To just put it on the show archives and put it out on on, on as a podcast and not worry about the chat room kind of thing. But I kind of like doing that because Trisha comes over last weekend. My younger brother and his girlfriend came in, and just there was no show to listen to. And I get frustrated, and I don't want to, you know, you know, I don't want to sit and talk with. It just doesn't feel right. Just want to, ah, it's just going to go away and be mad. So I, I was thinking about that problem, and something occurred to me. Now, like I said, I I've been doing the setup the same way for a long time, and so I was going through my mind, what, how, how do I have to do this now? The server itself has a little. Clock in the upper left-hand corner, and the clock is set to Eastern Time. So the server is when it's 11:01 my time here in Central uh, uh, Daylight Time, or whatever we are now. When it's it's 11:01 here, it's 12:01 according to the server. So I have to keep that in mind as I set up the time and the day and the date that the show should play. So I I I I'd been doing that. Thought I had everything right. But Tuesday morning, something occurred to me. Because there's a designation with the time to make it a.m. or p.m. And on the, it should be a.m. Because the server, being an Eastern, stand, Eastern time, it's 12.01 when it's 11.01 here. So it should be a.m. So I thought, oh, I better check that out. I told Scotty, um, hang on, because he said he was going to ask for help again. I said, hang on, I gotta check something. I think I might be I think it might be me. And it's me. <laughs> I had twelve oh one as the time, but I had PM, not AM. I had the dates right, I had the day right, I had all the other stuff right. I just had PM. So hopefully that did the fix, got everything right, and right now as I'm speaking, well, you know, as this is playing on ZTalk Radio, uh, Trisha and I are are having an enjoyable conversation while we listen to my show. I hope that works, but that's uh, that's that's been that's been the problem. It's my fault. Uh, I'm to blame. It's uh, it's it's user error, and you just have to uh, 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 own up to it. Uh, okay. Well, here's the next thing. Ah, yes, I have a Dimland Radio ARG to go into. Uh, my ARGs are supposed to be about annoying things, things that really annoy me, and it's just, just because I'm, I'm not easily offended, but I am easily annoyed. And some of these things just really, really get under my skin. Don't know why, they just do. And I, I do go into a little rant about it, and hopefully I infuse a little humor along the way. Hopefully, but let's see what I do this time. Uh, my arg is a revisiting of a previous one, and possible forgiveness, huh? Possible forgiveness. Let's see. Let's see where I go. Okay, you may remember a while back, I went on to this this rant about the word "woe," and specifically the misspelling of the word woe, W-O-A-H. That is the misspelling of the word. It's spelled, when you mean woe as in to slow the horse or, 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 whoa, that's awesome. 
you know, it's W-H-O-A. That's how it's spelled. That's how it's spelled. And when I talked about this before, what set me off was a comic book. We had a color uh, proof page, or some a few color proof pages for some uh, for a comic book. Uh, it was Daredevil number two ninety six, which is a, a Marvel Comics comic book, and it, it was just uh, it's it's uh, you know just copy size paper, you know regular eight and a half by eleven. Is that what it is? Um, with uh, with marker color put into you know the the a copied uh, black line for the page, where the colors are being dropped in and notes are being written about what color goes where and you know Pantone numbers or whatever they they do you know just stuff like that little color it's a color proof to to give the uh, printer so they know what they're doing, and I saw it and in the upper in the first panel. Uh, in the upper part of the page, first panel, first word on that page in a word balloon is a character saying, Whoa! Except he's saying, Whoa! Whoa! Because <laughs> it's spelled W O A H. And I saw that and it bothered me. And why? Because I learned how to spell Whoa from reading comic books. So I went on about all that and, at the time. Well, just recently, you know I work at a comic book store part-time, and on Saturdays I go in and I put comic books away, and I, I get stock to bring home to enter onto the catalog and, and all that stuff. Uh, and there's another fellow that comes in Saturday mornings, and he has a bunch of stuff to do, so the two of us are working together. And he's a, he's a younger fellow. He is a doctor. He's got a Ph.D. in chemistry. And he's younger. He's, is he, one of the things I would say about the, the misspelling of woe, it seems to me... And I have no real empirical evidence of this. It's just anecdotal, my observations. It seems to me the people who have trouble spelling the word correctly are younger people. And by younger people, I mean 35 and under. <laughs> because I'm 56, and those are younger people. <sighs> so anyway, um, I, I got talking to him about it because I was going through and I happened to stumble across that comic book. We have a copy of it on the shelves. And I went, oh, hey, you should see this. And I started paging through to trying to find the page. The page where the misspelled uh, uh, woe is, or where I should say the word woa is, is uh, page 14. And as I'm going through trying to find the page, I got to page 13. And I happened to notice on the bottom panel on that page, the page before the misspelling page, there's another use of the word woe. There's a character saying woe, and that time, and he, he, it, it spelled correctly. And I went, oh, hey, you know what this could mean? This could mean the misspelled word is a typo. Now, typos happen. Even even in comic books at the time, uh, I, I'm not sure they're still done that way, but at the time, they would be hand-lettered. There would be a person who would sit and hand-letter in everything. And uh, uh, you know, so I thought, wow, it could be a typo. So, so there's forgiveness. There's forgiveness for using the wrong spelling. I can forgive uh, the writer of that story, Ralph Macchio, not the one you think it is. Not the Karate Kid, the guy that worked for comic books. Well, not he's not the writer. The writer was DJ, uh, DG Chichester. He's the writer. Uh, and then there's the letterer, uh, the person who did the lettering, uh, 
uh, Christy Scheel, but in the book uh, they listed themselves as Max Scheel. And then there's the editors for the book, Ralph Macchio. Okay, not that Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid, not the actor. It's just this editor that works for Marvel Comics just happens to have the same name. And there's Michael Heisler and uh, Tom DeFalco. Those are the three editors that worked on that book. I forgive them for allowing the typo of woe to go by. So I really, you know, just, I get to take back this ARG. It, it, it feels wonderful to be able to take, take back an ARG, at least in this case. But <laughs> that was until <clears throat> I was watching a ball game on ESPN last uh, last Sunday and I saw that Universal Parks and Resorts uh, they have a new ad campaign and it's built around the slogan let yourself whoa uh-huh you know which is a which is a play on the the phrase let yourself go right but let yourself whoa huh whoa it's, and it's and it and, and it's in, and there's, I saw the logo. They put it on the screen. It's a light blue background. It's got a kind of a light yellow to the words uh, um, let and, and, and woe. And uh, it's, it's light yellow. And then it's, it's got a, 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 a um, white for the letters for yourself. And then the, the, the logo for Universal Parks and Resorts and other information, that's also in white. So the three colors are suggestive of summer sky. You know, the, the pale blue sky with the yellow sun and the white wispy clouds. It's just, it looks like summer. It looks like vacation. It looks like, you know, a pleasant valley Sunday kind of thing. It looks great. You know, it's not, a, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't say great. It's not bad. It's got a, a different typeface for the word yourself. It's a script typeface where the other letters are block. And that's, that's okay. It works. It works. There was a time when people wanted to just, you know, put a different typeface every line and it just looked like crap but but in this it's it's professionally done it's fine and everything except <laughs> the word whoa is spelled w-o-a-h <sighs> look i know it's gonna happen it's inevitable that this the 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 even i've been looking it up miriam dictionary doesn't have that spelling but I found an article, which I'll link to on the show notes. Go to dimland.com, click on the show notes slash blog part, and you'll, you'll find it. There's an article about how can we get people to start spelling it correctly because there, you know, somebody other than me notices that people are spelling woe incorrectly. Woe is in slow the horse or, or uh, whoa, that's amazing, you know, that kind of thing. And, and they talk about how Merriam-Webster... Is keeping a watch on that word, on that spelling, not to change the definition, but to you know, it might get to a point where they say we are going to accept this as an alternate spelling of the word "whoa," as in "slow the horse" or "whoa, that's outstanding." Well, actually, be more for the "whoa, it's outstanding" part, but <sighs> you can't win. <laughs> you know, it's just gonna, it's just, you just can't win. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. It's it's just what happens with language, I guess. But it's not spelled right. And I have this fantasy that I would have been involved in this 
you know, I could have been involved in this this thing because you know this design, this this campaign goes through a whole bunch of eyes. There's so many approvals that have to be made. It has to go through someone, and no one along the line said, "Is that how you spell woe?" Nobody questioned it. Nobody. Should we do a spell check on that? Because that's not how I spell woe. And I know there's woe, W-O-E, which means woe is me. You know, these are my woe woes when I talk about the misspelling of woe. But nobody did that. I would have loved to have been in the conference room. JL is sitting at the front of the table making the approvals and all this kind of stuff. And, and he's lauding its praise and up and down the table. Everyone's going, yeah, 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 yeah. As I love the blue. I love the sky. It suggests a summer sky. I love it. I love the use of a different typeface. Uh, I, the play on words of this. Of this, uh, You let yourself go. Let you, I think it's great. This is top-notch work. Uh, anybody else got anything they want to say about it? <clears throat> yes, Fitzsimmons. <laughs> well, JL, <laughs> I agree with you on all the other stuff. You know, it's, I agree. It's it's nicely done. It's clean. It's quick. It's pithy. It's the kind of stuff that'll catch into the person's mind. It's you know, it's taking off on a, a phrase that's already in existence, and it's just making a little tweak to it. I like it. I think it's great and everything. But that's not how you spell whoa. I mean, if you learned anything from me in the time that I've worked here, just my every day saying that's not how you spell woe, you would think, is this something done just to make me nuts? And JL says, I think you caught it, kid. Anyway, what are you going to do? Well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to my break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, it's going to happen. It's just going to be inevitable. It's going to be part of the spelling, and I'm just going to have to accept it, I guess. I'm just going to have to accept it. Anyway, I'll be back after this break. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Happy Jack wasn't all, but he was a man. Hi, this is Pete Townsend of The Who. I just want to say that the United States Air Force is a great place to be, a great place to learn a space-age skill and serve your country too. The aerospace team, that's where all the breakthroughs are. See your United States Air Force recruiter. Find out how you too can fly the skies, reach for the moon, and touch the stars in the United States Air Force. But we give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Let's stick around with words, shall we? And what they mean and stuff like that. Let's do that. I saw this cartoon uh, shared on uh, on the Facebook. 
It's a six-panel cartoon kind of thing. Uh, it's got two M&M uh, type characters on there, and uh, you know, one's got a P on his uh, on his belly, and the other one's got an S on its belly. And uh, the first is saying, "Hey, kids, I'm a profanity," and the next is saying, "And I'm a slur." And next frame, they're saying together, "And we're here to teach you the differences between us." So profanity starts telling us profane is the opposite of sacred. Profanities are mainly about sex, excretory, uh, excretory, am I saying that right? I think I'm saying right, Excret excretory functions, and or blasphemy. Context really matters. And then Slur says, while I'm a term that bigots use for the subjects of their bigotry, I'm what bigots have historically shouted while kicking the shit out of those people. Profanity says, hey, you used, um, you used a me, used a profanity. And Slur says, yes, I did, because you're sometimes okay, but I never am. And then Profanity looks at him and says, that's right. So a profanity can be okay, but a slur isn't. Now, uh, I commented on there something to the effect of, uh, let me see, I wrote it down sort of here. I said, uh, but um, but what about uh, you know what about shithead or dipshit or dumb shit or uh, shit stain or shit for brains or dumbass asshole asswipe asshat are these not slurs? Aren't they okay? Well, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not slurs. Somebody uh, said that you know a slur. Is what's used as a as a as a as it says here in the in the in the cartoon. It's it's a it's a bigoted term towards a group, and it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a term. It's a phrase. It's a word that's used to blanket that entire group. It's it's you know it, it's it's meant to insult the entire group. It's not an individual. It's uh, you know that's what it is. That's a slur. And I, I don't know, I thought a slur was an insult. So I looked it up. Did some looking up. I went to Merriam-Webster. And they have uh, under, they have several meanings. Like slur can be a verb, like to slur your words, that kind of thing. But it, in the noun uh, part of it, uh, it says an insulting or disparaging remark or innuendo or a shaming or degrading effect. Okay, all right. Dictionary.com lists it as a in its noun listing for the word uh, a disparaging remark or a slight. So I'm thinking, well, it's still, you know, I don't know. I'm not aware of that. I'm not finding that particular definition of the word slur. I only looked for it a couple places, but I thought, you know, what I should check. I should check the Urban Dictionary. The Urban Dictionary is more of a of a a current use in a slang sense of words you know it's 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 the uh, you know it, it will define slangs uh, and it's it's just uh, and it might be a little more uh, or a little less formal in its definitions or usages of words than an actual dictionary like the Merriam-Webster dictionary or the Oxford dictionary or or dictionary.com 
It's it, but it's it's this is how the word's being used now, or even if it's a word not used anymore, this is how the word was used in the past. It gives you these you know definitions, and usually it's more current though. That's my understanding of the Urban Dictionary. And so I looked under Urban Dictionary, and the definition that they gave was a word that is used against someone of a specific race, condition, sexuality, gender, illness, etc. So there you go. It is there. It is, and I and I, I said, well, hey, you know, some people were correcting me gently. You know, I wasn't being a jerk about it. I was just saying, aren't you know, I was like the words I gave aren't these slurs as well and they were show, telling me the difference and I looked and I thought well I'm not finding that but then oh then I did find it and I said okay okay and one person actually wrote to, you know just to you know to as a response to me saying remember that dictionaries are descriptive not proscriptive they don't tell us what words mean but how they are currently being used or the current acceptable use uh, that's why it's so important for us to pay attention to the meanings, as uh, this meme or the cartoon suggests. Words help to create reality in our everyday lives. If we start using the word green every time we saw the color blue, it would eventually destroy our ability to differentiate between two colors. Uh, or the two colors, sorry. Uh, in the same way, if we keep using words like profanity and slur interchangeably, our language loses something in the process because we can no longer differentiate between those actions and we end up punishing people and holding them accountable in the same way. Uh, except when it comes to spelling woe correctly, right? Right? <laughs> I said, hey, you know, I can accept this as long as we please, 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 please start spelling woe correctly. <laughs> And this is, it, it, this is, um, uh, I, I, I said, that, that makes sense to me. It's, uh, you know, I, I just didn't know that term, uh, that definition of, of slur. I didn't know that, that usage of the word slur. And apparently, that's what it means now. And it may have meant that for a while. It's just context is always, is always key. So, uh, I thought then <laughs> that maybe uh, I should have one of these. And now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. <laughs> we'll see. But in light of all this conversation I've been having with myself about language and how to spell woe and, and what's a slur and all this kind of stuff, it's sort of suggestive of this idea that uh, sort of bothers me sometimes because, you know, language is fluid and language is changing and meanings of words change and usages change and, and spellings change because it's true, it's happened, you know, it happens, it happens. And I thought... Let's have a little pedantic moment that would be maybe a lesson in pedantry that's related to the whole language thing. And it's going to be, it's, it, I mean, this might be a mental whiplash for you guys where I'm going here. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's say you're playing Scrabble and you lay down a word and the other people around the table are looking at that word and they're saying, it's not a word. And you say, yeah, it's a word. Sure it is. It's a word. It's, it's, you, know, you try to tell them what it means and all that. It may be a word. They may not be familiar with it and all that. But if they start to push you on it, 
and they say if they ever say if you ever ever anybody say to you uh, that that word is just that's just a made up word if anybody says that to you here's your lesson in pedantry if anybody says okay okay now somebody's just said okay I gotta, I gotta get ready here somebody says to me that word's just made up right okay all right so this is this is how you respond so how I respond as a pedant <clears throat> hang on <clears throat> okay all words are made up thank you thank you see applause should be played right there thank you because <laughs> it's true all words are made up there was a time way back when when humans were just kind of lumping around and grunting at each other there were there weren't words but at some point there were words so hey all words are made up <laughs> it's see 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 what you can do there what the hell time is it? <laughs> uh, what have I got next? <clears throat> oh, I was, I haven't done, uh, a friend of mine mentioned that I hadn't done one of these in a long time, so I figured, uh, let's do one. It's not true, it's not true, I'm telling you, cause I'm up here and you're nowhere, it's not true. Well, this It's Not True is, um, I'm not going to really present any uh, strong, you know, empirical evidence to show that it isn't true. It's just it's something that, you know, it isn't true. And that is uh, the, the, the conspiracy theory that Paul is dead, and Paul being Paul McCartney, of a little known band, uh, the Beatles, uh, right? You've heard it. Paul's dead. Uh, what I thought, I thought I'd go into this, this, it's not true. I mean, because it's not true, because he's not dead. There he is. He's around. I mean, as of my recording this show, well, as I'm recording it, he's not dead. I mean, he could be dead, uh, and I just haven't heard about it yet, but he seems like he's still pretty spry for an old guy. Uh, and uh, and and he's you know I haven't heard anything so you know but if you don't listen to the show for another 10 20 years uh, then maybe he will be dead by then you know he's in he's he's got to be closing in on 80 he's got to be getting close if not in his 80s by now anyway so so there was this whole thing that came up in about 1967 or so where this this rumor started going around that Paul McCartney had gotten mad at the band, you know, and stormed out of the studio, got in his car, drove off, was a little bit reckless, and had a car crash, and uh, was decapitated. He's dead. And this was supposed to have happened on on uh, November 9th, 1966. That's when it was supposed to have happened. And the, and and the and the band and the management. I mean, they got a good thing going there. They they said, you know, we can't, you know, we can't, we 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 have to we have to have somebody re we have to have a Paul replacement, but he has to look like Paul. So they found this guy named like William Shears. Is said to have been his name, Billy Shears. You know the song, "Get By with a Little Help from My Friends." You know that's the the, the supposed character that sings that song on Sgt. Pepper's album is uh, Billy Shears. You know it's the okay. You know, the one and only Billy Shears, you know, that, and Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band. You know that album. 
and so there's, there's this guy who won a uh, Paul lookalike contest, and so so they find a guy that not not only looks like Paul, but he's not he's he's a lookalike, he's a singalike, a talkalike, and a talent alike. You know, he can, you know, it's, it's, they 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 just can't have him, you know, disappear. They got to keep this thing going, the Beatles thing going. So so they we got to keep it secret. But then the Beatles decide to riddle their albums. Their album covers, their songs, with all kinds of clues that Paul's dead. Uh, well, this is this is this is an example of when when a conspiracy theorist gets a notion in their mind, they look for evidence to support that notion, to support that idea. They dismiss any evidence that's against it, or the evidence that's against it is turned into evidence for it. That's that's the specialty of conspiracy theorists. But they they they, they and they, they they examine things super closely. They look so deep into it that anything that seems a little off, seems a little wrong, is evidence. They did that with 9-11, they do that with all kinds of things, right? But let's stay, you know, with Paul being not dead. <laughs> but they believed he was dead. And because um, it's, 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 this is a good example of how you can um, uh, show how deeply people can dig into this kind of stuff and convince them of it. Now I'm not sure how convinced people would be, and I'm not putting it outside of the possibility that that the band themselves might have tried to have a little fun with it when they found out about this rumor. That's it, that's a possibility, but I, I you know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but um, you know, Paul McCartney was in a, a an accident at about this time. He was uh, on a he was riding a moped. And he crashed and he he broke up his face a little bit, uh, busted a front tooth, uh, put, you know, scratched up his eyebrow uh, and his lip, his upper lip. So um, if you watch the uh, the video they made for the promotional video they made for Paperback Writer and I think uh, for the song Rain, they did those two at the same time because that was an A-side and B-side single that came out uh, in 67, was it? Um, 66, 67, somewhere in there. Uh, you, if you look closely at Paul, when he's singing Paperback Writer at some points, especially late in the song, you can see that his, his teeth look a little off in the front. He's got one tooth has been broken, had been broken, so they had to repair that. And then he got this little uh, little crink, this kink, this wrinkle in his upper lip. He has a little little something there, uh, because he you know he did a, fl a face plant apparently, uh, falling off of a, mo a, a moped. So that actually happened. So maybe that's I don't know if that was the impetus here, but let's let's look at some of the things that the the conspiracy theorists. Just got out their micro, uh, their microscopes and magnifying glasses, and all, just to just really examine, examine, examine. If we go, and I'm just, this is just a few things. This is not, this is not everything. Um, there was, uh, let's see, the Sgt. Pepper's album cover. There's a in the lower part toward the uh, the right side, the lower part. There's a uh, porcelain figurine of a little girl. Her hands are on her hips, and she's looking down at something. And what the what the, uh, uh, the conspiracy theorists think that she's looking at is this car crashing in flames. 
I don't see it myself, but that's what they see. Because uh, he, you know, he blew his mind out in a car, which is a line in the song on the Sgt. Pepper's album, in the song A Day in the Life. He blew his mind out in a car. Uh, then there's, uh, let's see, there's a hand. Now you know the uh, the album cover, the main, the front cover. It's got all those characters behind the the members of the band as they're dressed up like they're in, like they're Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club band. Above Paul's head is a hand, and that hand is, is, is has been interpreted as giving him a, a, a death blessing or something. You know, it's like he's getting that that final blessing. Um, on the back cover, where the lyrics. For all the songs are, which I think was the first pop album to include li- the lyrics to the songs. The Beatles were innovators even than that. Uh, there's a picture of the Beatles standing side by side in their Sgt. Pepper's uniforms, and Paul is the only one of the four facing away. So obviously he's dead. The craziest one is if you take a mirror and you put it again, you put it, you know, going across the words "Lonely Hearts." On the on the on the drum that's on the front cover, it says "Lonely Hearts." If you put the mirror in the center of those letters and look at the top halves of those letters in the mirror, you will see what looks like uh, the letter I. Then you get O N E, then another I and X, and you get H E and then D I E. Okay, so people have interpreted that as eleven nine he die. Remember, it was a it was November 9th. 1966, he had died in the in the car crash supposedly, except they're British. 11:9 would be September 11th, 9/11. Never forget. So you know, but that's what they said. They said it's it looks like it's they interpret it as being 11, you know, it's like a one and a, 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 a the letter I being took as being a one, and the word one so that's one one that's that makes it eleven right and then you you get a you get the I X which is the Roman numeral for for nine, and you get the word he and then the word die it's like it's just that's really stretching. You got the Abbey Road cover, the funeral procession of the band walking across the street. John's in front. He's all in white. He's said to be the preacher. Then comes Ringo. Ringo's said to be the undertaker. And then there's Paul. And then Paul, you know, he's barefoot. He's walking out a step of the other four. He's holding his cigarette in his right hand when Paul's left-handed. He's got his eyes closed. And so that's to say he's the corpse. Because, you know, they lots of times people, bear, you know, the, the dead get buried with their, you know, their barefoot. Why put shoes on them, right? I mean, why put anything on them? They're dead. But anyway. Uh, so they say he's the corpse, and then John, uh, not John, George is bringing up the rear, and he's dressed as the, he's the grave digger. So they say they're saying it right there. See, it's right there. It's not just what they were wearing that day. This is the way it's, it means something. And there's a Volkswagen uh, bug parked in the background, and the license plate number uh, is, I don't know why we call it number when it has letters in it, but that's what we call it. The license plate <laughs> reads LMW. 28IF, okay, which was interpreted by Paul is Dead people by saying, uh, Linda McCartney weeps 28IF. And the 28IF means Paul would have been 28 if he hadn't died, except he was 27. <clears throat> then there are songs like uh, uh, The End of I Am the Walrus, 
it sounds like John is saying, I buried Paul or I bury Paul. And John's actually saying cranberry sauce. He had this habit of, of, of just putting out nonsense phrases as a way of counting into songs or getting the rhythm of something. And, and cranberry sauce was something he just wanted to say. And he just, you know, it's just something he did. He's a, he's a hippie. He was on LSD. You know, what do you expect? Um, and then there's this, you play it, there's a, there's a bit on, uh, on uh, Revolution 9 from the White Album which is all that uh, found sound and weird stuff that, that John and Yoko put together. And apparently if you play a part of it backward, uh, it sounds like somebody saying, uh, uh, turn me on dead man. Well, I, you know, backward tracks are bullshit anyway, unless it's you know purposely backward. If it just sounds like it's, you know, when somebody tells you what to hear, you'll hear it and all that kind of thing. But so, turn me on dead man. What does that have to do with Paul being dead? See, this is the stuff they do. <laughs> They, this is this is what they do. They'll they'll, they'll fine tooth comb th these things and find any anomaly they can, and they say, see, see, see. Now, obviously, the Paul McCartney being dead is a pretty frivolous kind of nah kind of a uh, a thing. It's it's like I don't think people really believed he was dead. That he really was, that he really was replaced by someone who looked like Paul, could write songs like Paul, could sing like Paul, that talked like Paul, <laughs> that they would find someone and, and, and then drop little hints along the way that he had died. <laughs> I mean, you know, come on. It's not true. It's not true, it's not true. I'm telling you, cause I'm up here and you're nowhere. It's not true. But what is true is that I have to head to my next break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll return after this break. Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already.
You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. To Dimland Radio, on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Doctor Jim Fitzsimmons. Uh, I'm going to end uh, the show with a few cool things, um, two or three of them, a couple of songs, and something else. And if I if I have time, um, and and just to show you that uh, I like other music than that which was produced by the greatest band in rock and roll history. Uh, the Bay City Rollers. Uh, I mean, the Who. Um, I I like I like other music, and, uh, and since I was speaking uh, talking about Paul McCartney, and him not being dead, uh, I I was watching uh, or I uh, I went on to Facebook on my app on my on my phone, and um, it's, there's a there are certain options. I, I hit it, uh, one of the options of what you can look through. You can look through like the news feed, or you can look through messages. You can you know, look through your own page where you, you know, where all your posts are. You know, or you can look through like videos. And uh, for some reason, I hit that video thing, and the, this video came up. And I don't know who shared it or where it came from, but it was a Paul McCartney video. Uh, and I, the sound wasn't on, but I just watched. I was looking at and I said, it's Paul McCartney and a bunch of uh, of uh, sexy ladies dancing. I don't know what the hell's going on here. <laughs> and it's it's uh, it's it's older Paul, but not as old as he is now. But it's that's older Paul. That's that period of time when Paul was was dying his hair. Um, he's let it go gray now. Uh, he might color it a little bit yet, but uh, he's, he's been letting it go gray. Not like Ringo. Ringo's hair is still jet black. Oh, how does he? How does he manage? No, that's fine. If they want, if you want to color your hair, it's color your hair. That's fine. You know, women do it all the time. Why can't guys? It's just that I, I, for me, I'm accepting my gray. I like my gray. I like the gray in my beard. I like the gray in my hair. I figured I earned them. Yeah. But uh, anyway. Uh, so that that there was that time period. I, I remember Adam Carolla talking about that time period and saying, you know, it was like when you know, it's, it's, it, it doesn't look like a natural color. It looks kind of like an orange blue, uh, orange brown kind of color." Anyway, so there's I looked at it and said, "What? No, I don't, hmm, what is this?" So I put the sound on, and I'll be damned if it's not a really catchy song. I was like, "Wow, I like that." So I looked it up on the YouTube. So I, you know, and big in the video and and on, on my laptop here, rather than watching it on my phone, and uh, put the headphones on and listen to it. It's the song is called uh, "My Ever Changing Past." No, my ever present past. Sorry, my ever present past. And uh, it, it's off the it's uh, it's off an album that he put out in 2007, which I believe is called "Memory Almost Full." I think that's what it's called. Uh, and the video. Has has Sir Paul uh, wa- walking through a multi-roomed art gallery? There's some statues set up. There's paintings on the wall. It's a very 
simply designed place, architecturally elegant, you know, just very simple though. As he's walking through these hallways and into these various galleries, and he's surrounded by 16 women that all sort of look like look alike, sort of. They're all dressed the same. Uh, tight slacks, high heel shoes, and a sort of a, a blazer or a, a suit jacket type that women might wear, uh, tightly fitting. Uh, with no t wearing no top underneath, so it's 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 bare chest underneath. But you know, so you get cleavage, which you don't get boob, but you know, cleavage is part boob. So yeah. Anyway, and and they're all doing you know moves and dances and along, and, and and so is Paul. Paul's kind of dancing along with them, and I thought, well, let's look at you go, Paul. <laughs> um, but the song, let me tell you, it's just it's just really I I hadn't heard it before. At least I don't think I had. And I thought, this is really catchy. It's a really catchy, good song. I mean, let's see this Billy Shears write a song like that, huh? Let's see this replacement, this fake Beatle write this song. Come on. Anyway, uh, I already discussed that topic. Uh, and I happen to find, and I'll link to the video on the in the show notes. Go to dimland.com, click on the show notes slash blog, and you'll, you'll get to the stuff. And see if you agree with me how catchy the song is. And the video is nicely done. And there's a actually there's a video of the making of that music video, uh, and they what they did was I, you know, I was a little surprised by how well Paul danced because he's not known to be a dancer and he's not but he's not doing Fred Astaire type stuff but he's he's like well he's keeping up with the gals which I gotta assume that the gals are dancers models and dancers uh, I gotta assume that they are um, and so he's like he's keeping up with them well I found out how that's possible. Uh, Paul was actually, um, he's brought in and he worked with, the, there's two choreographers working on there's the main guy and, and his assistant and the, the two working together. And um, he, they, what they did was, so we're going we're gonna to play the song, you know, and you just, you know, we'll have you on video and you just, uh, you know, do some moves. That's comfortable for you. Feel what you feel. Do move the way you feel. Just, just kind of do it, and we'll watch what you do, and we'll pick some things, and we'll we'll do choreography based on what Paul McCartney does when he dances. Because he says he likes to dance, but you know, just you know. So they have him kind of wander around, do a little walking kind of thing, and then just kind of move and do some dance things. That's just something that whatever he feels, and they they so they 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 choreography. They do the choreography to him rather than trying to get him to do the choreography of what they're they're thinking should be done. So it's easier for him to do it, and it works really well. And there's some moments in there where they have Paul, like like a, a, a duplicate of Paul, walking by the scene and watching it, is watching himself dance. You know, they they do that kind of stuff in there, and it's 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 nicely done. It's a it's a nice video. Um, the making of is interesting, and. Um, the uh, song is just as catchy as all hell. Uh, and so I think you'll think that's, I thought that was pretty cool. And from the same album, and this was a song that last year I was playing constantly on my Spotify, just over and over. Uh, well, not, not, you know, like every day or two I'd listen to the song. It's like that. Not like, you know, not like it was a teenager in my room listening to the song on repeat for hours. I, no, I wasn't doing that. But each day, maybe once or twice a day, I'd listen to the song. It just, was just really getting to me. And it's a song that's called Dance Tonight, which I think might be the opening track from that, that same album. And the video for that 
is pretty good too. It's a it's an interesting deal. It starts out uh, with a delivery guy making his way uh, through the uh, the English countryside, and he's uh, he's 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 driving this tiny little mail truck, and he's going to make a delivery to the stately manor, which is where Paul McCartney lives, and he's kind of muttering to himself. Uh, you know, these, these rich people, oh, they all got peacocks. Oh, I'm sure they all got peacocks. I better get myself a cup of tea. I better get a cup of tea. Now, the guy that plays that character, his name is... Oh, I wrote it down somewhere, and I should have it at hand. Doggone it. His name is uh, uh, Bill Fritz. No, it's... um, It's Mackenzie Crook. Now, you may not know that name, but he played the... Remember the, the American version of The Office? And it was the Dwight character, played by Ryan Wilson. Well, that show was based on a British version of the of the Office, and Mackenzie Crook played was it Garth Gareth? I don't know. He was the equivalent of the Dwight character in the British version, the original version. He plays him. He also you might recognize him more so from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. He plays one of the pirates. He's a very thin man. He's very thin. And I don't know if that's right. Just he just happens to be very thin, uh, and and the character would keep having his his false eye pop out. That's the guy, All right? So he's driving up. And an interesting thing about what he's doing there when when he first start the video starts up, and he's driving his little mail truck, and it's a real tiny little mail truck. Like the door is about an inch thick. <laughs> It's, that's what it's, it seemed to me. And it's, it's like, boy, he's really tight in there. And he's driving along. So you see it from a distance. And you can hear, the first thing you hear is him whistling. And anybody who is a, a fan of 70s British sitcoms, one in particular, The Good Life, which I am a fan of. I think it's my favorite sitcom of all time. Uh, it's also called no. It's also known as Good Neighbors here in the United States. It's not The Good Life because there was another series in the, on American television called The Good Life. So when it's when this British show came over on PBS, it was called Good Neighbors. And there's a character on that show named Tom, who turns 40 years old and decides to drop out of society and turn his house. He and his wife turn their house and their land into a little farm in upper middle class. Uh, suburban uh, London, you know, uh, uh, it's Surbiton's the name of the town, and be as self-sufficient as possible. And it's an interesting series that lasted something like four years, and it's like seven ish, seven episodes each season or something like that. The, the British did things differently on television back in those days, probably still do. And now the way cable does TV or the way streaming services does the services do TV, it's more akin to the way the British would do them back in the day. Shorter season, like 10 episodes in a season, as opposed to 26 episodes in a season. Okay, so um, the character Tom, played by Richard Briers, would whistle this little tune. And it's a... Let's see if I can do it. He'd whistle that. Just, I don't know what the song is. I don't know if it is a song. He just whistled that. Well, as this Paul McCartney video starts out with, with this male dude, this delivery guy, he's whistling that song. So it's a nice little Easter egg for 
you know, the good life fans. Anyway, so he gets there. Uh, he gets led into the stately manor by Paul McCartney himself, and he's got this package. and uh, And and Paul opens his. Well, that's, I, I I ordered a cricket bat, but this seems awfully big for a cricket bat. So uh, they open it up, and there's a mandolin in there. So oh, that's that's not a cricket bat. That's a mandolin. He sits down and he starts playing it, and it's in tune. Now nah, come on. It's in tune? He's just been driving out to the countryside. It's no way it's in tune. But anyway, so it's in tune. And he starts playing the song called Dance Tonight. And that too, that song is so catchy and fun. And it's just, it's simple. It's a, it's almost like a ditty, but it's just, it's better than that. And it's great. And then in the video, Natalie Portman shows up as sort of a ghost. And these other ghosts start to come up in this, in this manner. And they start doing some stuff. And then at some point... McCartney turns into the ghost, and Natalie Portman becomes real, and it's just, you know, it's just a fun video, and it's a fun song. It's a great song. Uh, you should listen to it and like it, because it's good. So these are two cool things by Paul McCartney from 2017. Check them out. I'll link to them. Check them out. I think they're fun. Uh, another, the, the, uh, another cool thing this week, I teased on Facebook... That I was going to, that I had ordered something really cool, and uh, and I would tell more about it once it had arrived. Well, it arrived, and what I got was it's from this company called Retro Agogo. You can look them up online, Retro Agogo, and the specific item I got, which I'll put on the show notes page. You'll take, you can, you'll see the picture. Was um, you remember back in the day, back in the late '60s into the '70s, there would be these Halloween costumes for kids that would just be a simple plastic mask with a rubber band that would hold it onto the kid's head, and then they'd wear this like uh, jumpsuit that was essentially just the uh, you know like if it was the Hulk, if the kid was going as the Hulk, he'd have a Hulk mask, and he'd have this jumpsuit on there, and on the chest of the jumpsuit would just be a picture of the Hulk, and it would say the Hulk. <laughs> it's like that's that's the costume. Um, well, Retro-A-Go-Go started making these, or at least offering them. I don't know if they make them. Uh, these, these really big, they're about 18 inches tall, uh, replicas, uh, or at least takeoffs, on these old masks that you can put on as a wall display. And they're really cool. And I, I was the, the other night, I was thinking, oh, yeah, I was going to get one of those things, and I thought... Well, yeah, we got some of the COVID money now. Maybe we could, maybe I could get one. And and so I said, that, you know, so I started looking for. They had a, a, a it's not the creature of the, the Black Lagoon, but it kind of looks like the creature of the Black Lagoon. So I thought, yeah, I thought I'd see if I could find and get it. But they're all out of stock. All these old ones are out of stock. So they must have. Okay, we're going to do these for a while. When they sell out, we're going to do a different batch of, of of these giant masks. So I thought, ah, oh, crap. Just, they don't have to the. The Creature Black Lagoon, and they don't have this cool alien one that they had, and they don't have, ah, crap, crap. And then I saw what they did have. And one of the ones that they had was a devil mask. Hail Satan! I got it. I bought it. It says, I gotta have a Satan. I gotta have Satan. Every house should have a Satan in it. Don't you think? And uh, so I sent away for it. Uh, for uh, and uh, I, I I posted on Facebook that it was coming. I, I didn't say what it was, and people were speculating. They were getting all worked up, and I thought, "Geez, oh, yeah, I hope I haven't oversold this." But then I put the pictures on Facebook of what I got, and I actually made an unboxing video of it. Uh, my son's got some you know tripod things. You put the phone in so you could do the 
do the video, and I got it all set up. I did the video uh, of me unboxing it, and because you know that seems to be a thing. I don't know if it's still a thing, but it seems to be a th it was a thing. I don't know. And I thought maybe I'd put that up on Facebook. And I took the video and I brought it upstairs and I showed the video to my son. And he said, "Oh, we can see our address on the on the package." Ah, crap. <laughs> Rookie error. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I so I um, maybe I'll get be able to get some uh, 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 video editing uh, software that I can blur out the address so that I can post it. We'll see. We'll see if I could do it. But oh, rookie error. What are you going to do? Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, I'm going to say that uh, we uh, are going to. Uh, we got to the end of a show. I didn't mention COVID. I didn't mention politics. What do you know? Uh, be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. You know, Paul McCartney isn't dead. <laughs> uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network, and I'm going to tell you to wash your hands, keep your distance, wear your mask, get your vaccine when you can, and uh, and I'll remind you to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going to hell. hell.